listening is so underrated, um, but I think listening can actually take you very far in leadership and also how you collaborate with other people. Welcome to my podcast, Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba, and I will be your host for today's episode. Interested in hearing about love, life, travel, and career? I will be exploring all those topics and more. If you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, exciting, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Today's guest is Zoe Chung. Zoe is a digital marketer with four plus years of experience working in paid search and paid social. Zoe has worked with clients across sectors like e-commerce and retail, banking, insurance, consulting, and nonprofit industries. Her previous experience includes working at Hackworks, marketing agencies such as ConnectAd and Boss, and currently as the marketing director of the software company Biobox Analytics. Hi, Zoe. I am so excited to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on Keep It Spicy today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Shiva. It's honestly a pleasure. And just a fun fact, this is my very first podcast. Oh, how exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm going to start by asking you to tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself. Like, what's your story? What have you been up to lately? You know, personally or professionally, whatever you want to share. Basically, what's the spice to your life? Ooh, okay. The spice to my life, or in my prior life, um, was I used to be a competitive hip-hop dancer for eight years of my life. I don't dance anymore, or am as, um, I'd say, participatory in the the dance community anymore, but I do keep track of everything that's going on, and um, it holds a very, very, um, very, very good place in my heart, I'll say. So um, I guess that's a spice to my life. And then the other spices to my life are just trying new things. So I guess I always want to continue doing that. Um, last year, I took sailing classes and a stand-up comedy classes. And hopefully when COVID is over, I'll be able to continue that trajectory of just trying new things and being around people. So. Oh my gosh, I love this. This was so itch. Wow. My next question was going to be like, what's something about you people might be surprised to learn? But I think that just answers the question. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a quite unassuming person, I think. But uh, you, you, there are some surprises in there. Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, that, that's awesome. I also wanted to talk to you about, you know, I do know that you have a background in like marketing and working in agency. So I also wanted to talk to you about your career in marketing and um you know, a little bit about that. So I'd like to start off by asking you, like, what inspired you to dip your feet into marketing? Like, could you tell me the story of how the interest was first cultivated? Or like, another way of putting this is like, what make what made you passionate? Or what makes you passionate about it? Yeah, totally. So the way that I actually got into marketing was completely by mistake. Um, so <laughs> you're smiling. Um, so what actually happened was when I graduated from the University of Waterloo, I graduated with um, a biomedical sciences degree and also an international development minor. 
And I had an idea that I wanted to do something in like global governance or public policy, global health. Um, and I applied uh, to an internship position in Jamaica and it was supposed to be about like program management. That was my role. That's what the job description said. Um, when the time finally came for me to, to, to go to Jamaica, I got off the plane, met my program advisors and they said, hey, we actually need a communications coordinator. Could you do that? I said, well, no, but I can try. <laughs> and um, so a lot of my time was actually spent doing like internal and external communications, marketing, social media. Um, and I finished that internship basically like, you know, is there a way that I can get more foundational knowledge in this kind of thing? And so I went over to a school that unfortunately no longer is, um, is in operations, but it, it also holds a very um, close place to my heart. Um, it's called Red Academy. And I did a digital marketing diploma there for uh, three months. Um, and that was the place that really kindled my interest in digital marketing because um, it was, uh, I learned that that's where digital marketing um, or marketing in general could be measured. Um, and my idea prior to that class is that, oh, marketing is like, isn't it billboards? Or isn't it creative or branding? I don't know if that's really me. Um, but when you add the digital aspect to it, um, it really taught me that, you know, there is value to what can be measured. And that was something I was interested in because, you know, science is all about building hypotheses and testing. And I realized I could also do that in a marketing setting. So that was kind of like the switch for me. Um, and I was uh, having like a really a strong affinity towards performance media because, you know, it's, it's numbers, platforms tell you metrics. And given my background, um, I felt very comfortable with that. And I felt like I could transfer my skills into performance marketing that way. So that's how I got into it, totally by mistake. <laughs> the best way. Um, in your own words, what would you say is the goal of marketing or the goal of like a marketer? Ooh, I would say the goal of marketers to understand their customers. And I'm not talking about like looking at metrics and, and deciding what behavior comes from that. I mean, actually sitting down and talking to them and like really getting to the root of their issues um, and their pain points um, and being the one to communicate um, those pain points to your team. I think, you know, often, I think we're kind of going through this phase in marketing. Maybe it is because of COVID that, you know, we're spending so much time on measurement and on the, the digital side of things, um, because most of the time we're all online now. Um, and I think I want to, I want to challenge people to think a little bit deeper as to, you know, it's not, people aren't just like metrics that you follow. People are people. So how can we actually get to, you know, what they're thinking and how they're feeling? about um, the services or products that we provide and not just treating them like a number. To all our listeners out there, you know, who are new grads or like recent grads, I know that you kind of fell into this industry by accident, but mm -hmm. what would you say are the best ways of breaking into the industry for those who, who do want to get into the industry and like, you know, they're trying to cater their goals or their career towards that? Yeah. Um, are we talking about like the advertising industry specifically? Just like marketing in general. So like, say I went to, mar say I went to school, I just have like a basic degree in marketing from York, for example. And I just like, I'm like, oh, I don't, how do, how do I just like start? Yeah. I think it, it starts with like personal projects. Personal projects are really important because I think it shows people that you're doing something without like having uh, to receive anything in return for what you're doing. You're doing it because you love doing it. Um, so for example, one thing that I tried to do and failed to do back in the day, I was like, so like 
interested in like apps and how they got you to like stay on them. Um, and I tried to figure out um, Ritual's algorithm. <laughs> and Ooh. I tried to do this by like, okay, if I order on this day, how many days would pass before they um, kind of notified me again? Or when would they give me a promotion? And I was trying to understand how they were trying to understand me. Um, that, that small project went on for maybe about a month or so until I realized I can't spend any more money on food. <laughs> uh, but you know, like it's small little things like that. Like it, it just starts with a curiosity. And I think that if you want to get into the industry and this applies to any industry, follow curiosity, build some kind of side project off of that and then, um, and build results and, and see just where you go and follow that curiosity. Okay. No, I think that's great. With respect to your time at an agency, um, I know it requires you to usually work with like various clients. So could you give me an example of when you got difficult feedback from a customer or a client and like, how did you handle that? Yeah. Um, I think in performance media, like clients really care about like the leads that they're getting. Um, you know, why aren't we getting this many leads, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think it comes down to, you know, being in performance media specifically, looking at the numbers and being able to communicate why that result exists. Um, so in terms of feedback, I guess if it is bad or if a client doesn't like the result that they're getting, it first comes down to explanation and communicating why that result is existing first before determining whether it's bad or good. What to you, like what do you think makes a great client so good to work with and like a not so great client's like not as pleasant to work with? Oh, um, I think, well, to preface, I think all the clients that I've worked with have been pretty amazing and they've challenged me in their own ways and they've really challenged the way that I think about their business too. Um, I would say uh, clients are very open to having a community, um, like a conversation with you. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, they look at us like we're the experts in performance media sometimes, right? So they, they really look to us for that, that guidance, um, more of like an advisory role. Um, and as long as they're open and willing, you can actually uncover a lot of solutions for their business. So I find that um, when clients are open to that communication, there's a lot of solutions that can come from that. And what resources do you go to for like tips and trends and like picking up new things? Oh yeah, um, my friends in the industry, I'd say. I, I always like hearing um, information from a, uh, like a first person perspective. Um, and I think sometimes when we go online, we get a lot of general advice, but not necessarily like um, advice specific to the problem that we're having. Um, and so let's say I'm working with someone and maybe they've been on a client that I'm now working on, I would go to them for information. Gotcha. And when marketing campaigns or like a project fails, how do you respond or like how have you responded in the past? Yeah, um, I think it comes down to understanding first why it failed um, and communicating that with your team and also with your client. Um, but then coming to the table with solutions as well and figuring out, okay, so this didn't work what other value can we bring to the table that we, based off of the knowledge that we have and the scope of the problem that we have that could potentially solve that problem. I don't wanna to look at marketing like, like tactics. I think sometimes um, tactics are like a one shoe fits all solution or it's like marketed that way. Um, and I think it's important to look at 
uh, a case-by-case -case basis. So for example, one thing might work for one company, but it may not work for yours. And again, coming down to communication to explain why that is. Have you ever taken a risk or a new like idea with a campaign, like something brand new and foreign? And if so, could you like tell me about when that or how that risk paid off? Hmm, yeah. I think I'll probably go back to my internship in Jamaica because um, we actually did a Twitter campaign. And that's the first time that I've ever heard about a, like, like what was a Twitter campaign? I had no idea what that was, but apparently in Jamaica, it's a really big thing. Um, it's basically where you have like this long discussion, maybe like an hour long, you have a moderator, people are like replying to the questions that you have. Um, and so you get a real feel for like how, how people that are absorbing your media feel about it. Um, and you get a very reactive response, so it's very raw. What we did was, um, there's a day called International Day of the Girl, so it's kind of like celebrating women. Um, and we had a, a Twitter campaign going on during that time, and we were asking our audience, you know, like, how do you feel about X, Y, Z? To be honest, I don't remember all of the questions. It's been four years now, but uh, we took a risk there. We didn't know the, um, the performance of that campaign, but one of the greatest indicators of success for us at the time was that the, I think it's the Prime Minister of Jamaica, actually responded to us and like tweeted back at us oh my um, god that's yeah. cool yeah so i was like oh wow like you see me hello <laughs> pretty neat yeah oh that's awesome i loved oh that's so cool and then it's like it, it was your first time also working in jamaica also right yeah for sure and we were the campaign was also in joint with unicef as well oh so i think yeah we, we definitely took a big risk like with that campaign we didn't know like how it was going to turn out but i mean if the prime minister is seeing us I think <laughs> <be> okay <laughs> oh that's great that's such a nice story to tell also <laughs> yeah um in the same line of thought do you have any like mottos or any philosophies that have helped you make tough decisions i feel like we talked about this before and i feel like i'm going to give you a different answer now um, it's all good in terms of tough decisions i think it comes down to you know don't think about making the right decision because there is no right decision it's just what is the best decision that you can do with the information that you have at that point in time right so don't like don't like be so hard on yourself if the decision that you do end up making isn't the right one. Because now you actually have information for the next time that problem comes up, you have information to make a better informed decision. So there is, there is no bad or good decisions. So that's the first thing that I would start with. And then when it comes to me actually making decisions, uh, I try to gather all the information that I can possibly have. I think about the scope of the problem. I think about if I make this decision, how is it going to affect um, everyone else around me? How is it going to affect our customers? How is it going to affect the company? And when I answer those questions, I, I come out with a better decision-making process. And I know that you've kind of like touched loosely upon like the rewarding aspect of like being in digital marketing, but could you tell me like what the challenges are? Like what's the most challenging aspect of being in digital marketing? Yeah, I think in digital marketing, I think the most challenging part is how many different like pieces of like software and like um, things that you can add to your marketing stack are coming out now. And I think marketers are just like bombarded with like, hey, like you need like this piece of software to help with your customer segmentation or you need this to find like analytics that. And, and I think marketers are just overwhelmed because 
as soon as they implement one piece of software, a new one comes out with maybe like a really exciting feature. And it's like, how would you transition? Is it worth it to transition over to another piece of software? How does that integrate into your whole like attribution model for how you calculate leads? So it's about, I think we're very challenged in how we organize ourselves um, and how long, um, like, when we build a strategy, how long will it take before something comes up that it might need to change? What is one common myth about marketing that you want to debunk? Hmm. What I want to debunk about marketing is that it's not just like creating pretty things and putting them out into the world, right? I think marketing has become a lot more robust nowadays. And I think that's especially because we can measure certain aspects of it. So and marketing is actually part science and part art. So I want people to, to recognize that although you see like maybe pretty billboards or maybe you see like a really nice banner ad on the internet or a really great successful campaign, there's so much organization and timing that goes behind the scenes. Marketers have to wear a lot of hats um, in order for certain campaigns to be successful. So now you are the director of like marketing at Biobox Analytics. What do you do for fun outside of work in your downtime? right now? <laughs> well, nowadays, um, I do play League of Legends. Um, a lot of my friends know this. I play a lot of League. Um, I read books. Um, I take a lot of walks. I'm not going <laughs> to Like, my daily walk is actually the most fun part of, like, my non-work life because <laughs> I appreciate being outside so much more now that we're stuck inside. Um, and when I do have the time, I really like investing in Lego sets and building them. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like my, my huge like pastime. Like if I can get my hands on a Lego set and I save up and I buy one and I, I will just sit there all day and just build it. So yeah, that's oh really my gosh. I love that. I think I should do that too. <laughs> that's a good it's way to keep busy. Yeah. I like and that. An and another fun thing as well, um, that my roommate and I have gotten into is paint by numbers. So, um, what's, what's that? numbers, it's, um, it's basically like you get this like gigantic canvas and every little piece, like it's a predetermined, um, picture that you're painting, but different oh, I see. numbers on them. And then you color according to the number. Oh, I see. Oh, so you both yeah. do it on the same canvas or you have your own separate one and you do it together? Oh, or we what have is our own separate canvases. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that. When we're done. So yeah, it's, it's super therapeutic. I oh, I like that. That's a, that, those are, those are good ideas. Take notes, kids. Thanks to do your downtime <laughs> yeah. during quarantine. Diving into the leadership aspect of your role, how do you create a vision for your business that everyone on your team can latch onto? Or how do you try to go about doing that? Ooh, this is such a good question. Okay. So just for background, the company that I work for, Buybox Analytics, um, it has been around for the last couple of years. Uh, we're a team of six people. And so we're all very integrated into each other's work. Um, when I first came on, the question that I asked the team, I was like, hey, so why do you do what you do? That's the first question that I asked everyone. And, and the answer was like, we are a company that builds an end-to-end -end genomics platform for scientists working with genomic data. Um, and it was like, okay, that's what you do, but why do you do what you do? And I had to kind of tease that answer out of people. Um, and, they, and the reason why I was pushing so hard for the answers to, to that question is because the why helps me understand how I'm going to market this product and how we're gonna market the company. Um, 
And when ha I'm having conversations with people on the team, it is just so like their reasoning for why they do what they do is so precise and it's so like grounded into who they are as, as people that I knew that it was going to, um, for me anyways, that it was going to be very clear to me how I was going to market it. Um, so I think my role is in part like education. So like asking these questions and really explaining why I'm asking these questions. And they're coming to realize now that, you know, why we care about this company and why we're building what we're building translates down to the value add for our customers. And we want our customers to know why we're building this thing, right? So what are the most important decisions that you make as, you know, as the director of the organization? Can I ask what are, yeah, some of the important decisions yeah. that are like your responsibility to make? Mm -hmm. I think um, in a small team, you kind of have to act as like the subject matter expert, right? Um, so because I am the only marketer on the team, like there's no one to go to. Like when I was in agency, I was working with all these marketers and like, Hey, like, I don't know this. Like, can you help me now? It's just like, I don't know this. I have to figure out the answer. Right. Um, and it's my job to educate the team, everything like marketing related. There's no one that's going to kind of put the training wheels on me and like hold me as a safety. Right. So I think when we're having discussions about like product engineering, um, business objectives, whatever, it's my job to say like, oh, if you do this, it's going to affect marketing in this way. And it's my job to speak up and, and tell them how it's going to affect like my department specifically. And vice versa, like if I'm going to do um, a campaign, how is that going to affect product and engineering and our, and our business objectives too? And how do you keep your, so in this case, like how do you keep your team members, your fellow teammates keen and motivated? Or let me rephrase, how do you keep your team motivated despite, despite conflicts and obstacles that you may, you know, find along the way? Yeah, and I, I do want to preface too that that we all kind of like keep each other motivated. Like it's not just me. Like everyone in the team is is very much on equal footing. We all hold each other accountable. We all speak up when it's necessary. And um, when it comes to conflict, we get in conflict and we find a way to 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 build a solution for that. Um, but what we do do um, in our uh, company is um, we run in two week sprints. Um, so at the end of every single sprint, we actually sit down and give each other feedback as to how we're going to improve for the next sprint. Um, so conflict resolution and feedback is very much ingrained in the way that we operate as an organization. Love that. Very sweet. What is the most important factor you consider when hiring someone on your team or for you, you know, Zoe, to take under your wing? Oh, yeah. And that's a good question because I'm sure we're going to be in that position shortly. But because, um, you know, we, we are looking to grow and scale eventually, not right now, but um, I have been thinking a lot about that. And I would say um, self-awareness is going to be my main, uh, my main thing that I'm looking for, right? I want to know the people that I'm working with. I want to know why they're doing what they're doing, why they're passionate about what they're doing, um, and why they, do, they decide that they want to work here compared to anywhere else that they, they could have chosen to work. Um, and someone who has a really high level of self-awareness will be able to answer those questions. Since you're, you know, you're now working in a smaller team of six, as opposed to like a bigger corporation, I should say, how do you folks go about generating like these great ideas in your organization? Yeah, I would say that um, ideas like flow like water here. 
um, because again, we are a really small team. So when we're speaking to the masses, we really are speaking to six people. Um, so I think in, in a grander organization, it's hard to get like messages across because you're speaking to probably thousands of people. Um, and maybe that message will be interpreted in different ways too. But for a small organization, it's pretty, I think it's pretty straightforward to get these ideas across because um, being in a small team, like people just, it's like, if you want someone's ear, you can have it kind of thing. Can you name one person or like, or people, but can you name someone who has had a tremendous impact on you as a leader? You know, maybe somebody who has been a mentor to you and like, why and how did this person or, or people impact your life? Yeah, I'm going to give credit to one of my very first bosses and you also know him. Um, his name is Simon Choi and he is the founder um, and CEO of uh, Connect Dad. Um, and just like a plug for him, um, ConnectDad is um, basically like digital services for 100 nonprofit organizations. So what I think that he's doing there is super great. But the reason why I give him a shout out is because he was really my first boss um, who, who mentored me and groomed me into this industry. Um, and he really challenged me in a, in a lot of ways. Um, he, he didn't really treat me like a, like, yeah, okay, you're good. Like do your job kind of thing. Like he was very much like, Hey, like, what did you learn? We would get off a call with the client. He'd be like, Hey, like you can improve here, here, and here. Um, let's work on this in the next time. Oh, what have you learned this week? Um, and he was very invested in everyone that worked at that organization. Um, and that's a sense of leadership that I, that I deeply respect. I, I agree. I mean, I don't know Simon as personally as you do, but from what I know of Simon, I agree to all of that. Yeah, um, he's a awesome guy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, what advice would you give to a new employee who is also going to a leadership position for the first time ever? And like, or maybe an easier way for me to break this question down is like, what are a few resources you'd recommend to someone who's looking mm -hmm. to gain insight into becoming a better leader? That is a really good question. You're hitting me with a lot of good questions today. I like this one. I think leadership is contextual to every position and organization. Um, some people are, or some companies are looking for leadership that's going to like bring in like, I don't know, lots of revenue or something like that. And some people are looking for more people leaders. People are going to nurture the entire employee base. So it really depends on the overall um, goal of why you're there and what the company wants to achieve with you in that position. Um, I can only speak from experience um, coming into my leadership role um, at BioBox currently. I would say what has prepared me the most is asking lots of questions about the business because that is really going to bring the contextual information you need in order to do really well. So for example, um, anyone can assume bringing in like lots of clients or uh, revenue into a company is a great thing. And maybe like that was my pro probably my assumption when I first came to BioBots as well. But then I also had to take a step back and be like, wait, there might be other priorities that are more pressing for someone in my position um, that maybe, you know, maybe revenue and client base can take a step back for now. Um, again, it's very contextual. This is my final question before we head into our lightning round. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue or build a similar career to yours or as yours? Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. To preface, um, I would say be authentic to yourself. Don't follow my footsteps. I've also made many, many mistakes. Um, but if there was someone out there who wanted to follow my footsteps, I would say um, talk to lots of strangers 
because you never know where that's going to lead. That's number one. I think stay curious. Uh, and that comes with, with uh, that's like a lifelong career thing that you should be practicing, I think. And I think, um, I th- I'm going to say this again, but it's asking really good questions. Don't be so uh, in a hurry to to be like um, the star student at your organization or like like kind of like the perfect employee, because it's really not about that. Um, I think listening is so underrated, um, but I think listening can actually take you very far in leadership and also how you collaborate with other people. Love it. So now we're going to shift gears on the questions just a little bit. So are you ready for the lightning round? I'm so nervous, but sure, let's do it. (laughs) It's time for the lightning round. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Uh, Morning. For profit or non-profit? Ooh, for profit. Favorite social media app? Um, 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 Reddit currently. Favorite, like, ads manager platform? Uh, ooh, that's a hard one. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Facebook. (laughs) One characteristic every leader should possess? Um, patience. Best piece of advice you've ever received? Your career is your own. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise and own up to the decisions that you make because your life is your own. Okay, all right, Zoe. (laughs) And worst piece of advice you've ever received? Um, oh, don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. So, <laughs> Would you buy a business or start a business? Start a business. And on my final question, if you could describe yourself as a flavor, what would it be? Oh, oh, oh. Um, one of those, is it like Jarheads, the super sour ones? I don't, that- I don't. Are those, are those- They're called Warheads. Warheads? Okay. Yeah. I'm well, I've, I've never heard of that, but we'll go with that. I like that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So that was, that was my final question. And, you know, this was a lot of fun. And now to wrap up the episode, we wanted to send you all off with a quote. And since you're the special guest, Zoe, I would love for you to do the honors. Okay. The quote for this podcast episode is, don't worry about failures. Worry about the chances you miss when you don't even try by Jack Canfield. Wonderful. And Zoe, if our listeners are interested in learning even more about you, um, is there a way that they could follow you or reach out to you? Yeah, add me on LinkedIn. Happy to, um, I'm pretty open to any connection really. Um, And my name is Zoe Gabriella Chung on LinkedIn. Lovely. So this has been a bucket of fun, Zoe. Thank you so much for joining me and good luck. Awesome. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. Join me next Sunday for another episode on Keep It Spicy. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at underscore Keep It Spicy and on Twitter at Keep It Spicy Pod for more related content and some pick-me-ups in the middle of your week. Like, comment, and share the content and podcast with friends and family. On that note, remember folks, keep it spicy, yours truly, XX.